0: I want to read from the Gospel of John, I think one of, the, one of the most powerful verses that you'll find in the New Testament. From John chapter 1, beginning in verse 1, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through Him, and without Him nothing was made that was made. And then in verse 14, And the Word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory, the glory as the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. Wow. You could go to town on that one for a long, long time. That's a great passage of scripture. Let's pray together. Our Father, we thank you today for this incredible time to be together. We thank you for this... uh, Advent season as we march toward Christmas. Father, we pray that in the name of Jesus that every person that is in this room today would, would sense and feel and experience the touch of God upon their lives. Father, we recognize that you are present with us. We recognize that you love us. <clears throat> we recognize also that you desire to speak into our lives and, and Father, to elevate our lives and our hearts and Father we thank you today that you that you do care for us so much. Lord, I pray for those today that perhaps have some heaviness in their heart. I pray in the name of Jesus that you would strengthen them, that you would come right around them and encircle them with your presence and with your love. Father, <coughs> Father, I ask you today that you would uh, that you would minister to every person at the point of their special need today. We thank you all in the wonderful, incredible name of Jesus Christ the Lord. Amen. We have a uh, intro, uh, little intro video here. God with us brings love. This is the theme of this day, and if you could roll that video right now, I'd appreciate it. with us in his love. I'm going to read a text to you, and actually I'm going to read something a little bit later on that will that we'll move into this. But one of these passages here is from Romans chapter 5, beginning in verse 8, just one verse. It's not commonly thought of as a Christmas text, but it fits this, what we are talking about today. The Bible says this, but God demonstrated his own love toward us. That while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. I want you to let that sink in just for a minute into your spirit. Because while we were yet sinners, while we didn't want anything to do with God, while we were rebellious in our lives, while we didn't even care about church, we didn't care about Christianity, we didn't care about singing Christmas stuff, Or anything like that. The Bible says Christ died for us. He died for me, even though I didn't want anything to do with him. I had no interest in him whatsoever. And that is the story, that is the story of our lives, all throughout this sanctuary, in and out of these rows. Before we were Christians, we didn't want anything to do with God. Perhaps we may have used the name of the Lord in a, in a very vain and, and, and harmful way, but Christ died for us. God with us brings us the love of God. It brings us hope, it brings us love. I want to ask you a question. How would you describe a rose to a person who had never, who was blind, who had never seen? How would you describe that? How would you describe to a person, Handel's Messiah, that majestic piece of incredible music, how would you describe that to a person that has never heard one word or one sound? How would you do that? How would you describe the thrill of a downhill ski run? to a person who has never walked, never able to take a step. How would you describe God's love to a person who didn't care anything about God, a person person who is impure, a person who is broken? How do you describe the love of God? If somebody was asking me to write a piece for the dictionary, and would you define love? I could do it in one word, and I think I could fulfill all the requirements of that definition. I would do it in one word, God. Because he is the embodiment of incredible love. The Bible doesn't say that, uh, that God has love, although he does. The Bible doesn't say he knows about love although he knows everything. The Bible says he is love. He is the he is the the epitome if you will. He is the definition of love. You know one of the major problems that we have in the world is that we have become <clears throat> I think dependent on a lot of things and we just we define love. We define love as if you're listening to media you define love as somewhat, uh, kind of some form of lust. If you're looking at the mo- movies and things like that and, and the people I look for, the people I l- <clears throat> am looking for love and satisfaction, they find it all in the wrong places. Places that do not satisfy, places that do not fulfill the deepest desire of a person's heart, the very deepest need. If you do not have a foundation of God in your life, you're going to seek love from the world. You're going to seek love from the successes that you might discover in the world or society or trying to fill, fulfill some kind of a desire with things. But all of that is going to wind up leaving you in an emptiness. And there, there's a hollow place in your life. God's love is no different than the love defined, or I'm sorry, God's love is so different than the love that is defined by the world. To begin with, you can't escape God's love. God's love is, the Bible tells us in Psalm 139, the Bible says, if I go to the highest heaven, there you are. If I go to the depth, the lowest depth that I possibly could could negotiate with, there's God. In fact, the Bible says, where can I go from your spirit? And the answer is, you can't go anywhere. Which you're not going to discover, God. God is there. When Karl Barth, the uh, eminent German theologian, visited the United States and was lecturing in a couple of seminaries, one of the seminary students says, "Mr. Barth, what is the most important theological thing that you could say to us and that you have discovered?" And his his words were this: "Jesus loves me. This I know." for the Bible tells me so. We learn that in kindergarten. And yet the profound truth, there's a reality that he loves us because the Bible says so. God says so. He says it. I want to talk about Joseph and Mary for a moment. This is a love story. This is a genuine supernatural love story. This isn't Romeo and Juliet. This is a love story. And the love is three ways between Joseph, Mary, and God Himself. We heard the text read to us earlier. It's from Matthew chapter 1, verse 18. And uh, I'm not going to read all of that uh, to you, but now the birth of Jesus was as follow. His mother Mary was betrothed to Joseph. Now this means that they were basically this means they were engaged. the The uh, marital process in Jewish culture was very somewhat quite different from ours, but uh, anyway they were they were engaged to be married. And before they came together, before the marriage, Mary found out that she was expecting a child. The Bible says it's from the Holy Spirit. Now, folks, I'm gonna tell you something. In 2018, if that was me, or if that was you, or what, that's an awful lot to take in. You've got to admit it. I want to speak about this for a moment. God is love, and we're watching, uh, we're watching this scene, this, this little scene right here between verses 18 and 22 unfold before us. And it tells us of the infinite, great, and tremendous love of God. This, this scene brings, brings Bethlehem into focus. It brings the manger into focus. I like what the Apostle John said in 1 John chapter 4 and verse 16. So we have come to know and believe that the love of, uh, that God has for us, God is love and whoever abides in love abides in God and God abides in him. That's the nature of God. Mary and Joseph's love story was love taking the form of humanity by the name of Jesus. And it's God's love. Second, God gives to us his love. Now kind of watch with me and follow me on this just a little bit. During Mary's pregnancy, she visited her aunt Elizabeth And Elizabeth was also expecting a baby that would be none other than John the Baptist. And this is quite a confluence of incredible New Testament personalities while they're yet unborn. As Mary arrived, Elizabeth said this, "'Blessed are you among women, "'and blessed is your child that you will bear.'" Mary responded this way, she said, As soon as the sound of your greeting reached my ears, the baby in my womb jumped, leaped for joy. You ladies can appreciate that. Blessed is he who has believed that the Lord would fulfill his promise to her. Here's why, let me tell you why this is so very important for Mary. Because I'll tell you this, in that culture, Mary would have been severely ostracized Because of this pregnancy, culture would not be kind to her. Culture would be rather rude in many things and in many ways with Mary. And for Mary, this was a human crisis. God provided her with love. And that love came through her Aunt Elizabeth. It came to her at a time which she needed to hear, she needed to understand, she needed the support. How many times and how many people, I wonder, needs our support? You think about this just for a little bit. How many people do we know, how many people can you think of right now that really needs your support, your encouragement, your love? And I'm not just saying, I love you, thank you, but I mean, I'm talking about demonstrate it. Reveal it, show it, make it real, make it active. All of these things. Now, I don't want to forget about Joseph. Joseph was a little bit different story here. Joseph was in a difficult spot. He did not clearly understand what was going on here. All he knew was his fiance was expecting a baby and he wasn't the father. Now there's a dilemma for you, and the Bible says in that culture, Joseph could have put her away, in other words, a divorce, and remember, they're they're just engaged, but but again, that, that sort of worked very differently in that culture. He could have put her away, but the Bible says Joseph didn't want to do that. Joseph did not want to disgrace her. And instead, in this supernatural love story of Joseph and Mary, God did something. God stepped in and dispatched an angel, an angel of God, that spoke to Joseph and said, Joseph, don't be afraid. Take Mary home as your wife. Because what's conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit and she'll give birth to a son and you'll give give to him his name, Jesus because he will, save his, the, he will save his people from their sins. And that was enough for Joseph. I guess it would be enough for me too. Now th- let me, let's understand something. These angels. I, I think sometimes we think of these little angels as kind of little floaty things. They're, they're about the size of Bradley. And they've got little wings and they kind of float around. No, 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 no. The picture I get of angels in the Bible, I mean these are big, I mean really big. And they're strong, and they're very powerful. And when they say something, I mean you don't need a microphone, you could say it on the other side of the section here and hear it in here just fine. God sent an angel. Finally, let me speak this way, God's love flows through us, and this brings us message home right here into the sanctuary here at Faith Community Church. God flows through us. This is a God written love story and God's love is supernatural. Joseph, Mary trusted God. They trusted God. They didn't need further explanation. They trusted God. I'm not convinced they knew all the answers. I'm not convinced they had it all figured out. They just trusted God. And I'm gonna tell you something, they were on this journey together. And that journey took them to Bethlehem. That journey would take them to a place where there was no room at the end, but you could use the stable. That place would take them where the birth of the Messiah was going to be cradled in a young woman's arms. That journey was going to take them to this place where shepherds would come to visit. This place was going to show them where exotic wise men were going to ride in and visit them. This journey included angelic visits and more. Can you imagine the conversation Joseph and Mary must have had in some quiet, private time. I think the question must have been, why us? Why us? And I think we could spend much of our lives trying to answer that, and our answers and responses would be good, why us? I think from the very beginning, both realized Jesus is much more than their son. He's the Messiah. And folks, I tell you what, people have been preaching about this, people have been prophesying about this for decades, for hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years. And Mary cradled a little boy that God said, name him Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sin. There he is the Messiah. Powerful moment. Powerful moment. John chapter 13, 34 says, a new command. I give to you, love one another as I have loved you. You must love one another. By this, everyone will know you're my disciples if you love one another. Look, folks, let's be frank. This world doesn't read this Bible. You do, I do, I love this Bible. I love this word. I enjoy reading it. The majority of society isn't reading it at all. They know so very little about the Bible, but you know what they do read? They read your life. They read my life. And in this journey of trying to figure out what is Christianity all about? What are these people out at Faith Community Church all about? I drive by there and I see the place full of cars and everything. And What's this all about? They read our lives. They haven't picked this up yet. They, they don't understand this. I like what one author said. He said, I, I, I'm trying to train myself a little bit here. Instead of calling them all lost sinners, he says, I think we should t- start referring to them in a little bit of faith and let's call them pre-Christians. You know, I kind of like that, don't you? Pre-Christians. They just haven't got the message yet, have they? They just haven't figured it out yet. I was a pre-Christian, but Christ died for me. Amen. A physician was asked one time about the uh, best medicine that could be prescribed to humanity, and the physician wisely said, love. And then the person says, what if that doesn't work? And the wise physician said, increase the dosage. (laughs) Amen. Let's do that, Faith, shall we? Let's increase the dosage of what we do here in the church. Would you stand with me, and we're going to pray. We're gonna pray. Our Father, we thank you for this day and we thank you for the mighty Word of God. We thank you that this Word impacts our lives, it speaks into us, our hearts. We, we open our lives and our hearts to your Word and to the Savior Himself. Father, I pray today in the name of Jesus. Help somebody in this room today to just simply say, I want to know this savior. I want to know this Jesus. I recognize for the first time in my life how important he is and what he does. And Father, I pray if that's somebody here, help them to pray it right along with me. Right now, dear Jesus, come into my life and forgive my sin. I don't wanna live this way anymore. I wanna live for God. I ask Jesus Christ to be the Savior and the Lord of my life. I ask him to take the reins of my heart and control my life. Thank you in Jesus' name, amen. Let's lift our hands for the blessing of God. Father, may the Lord bless and keep every person here today. Father, cause your face to shine upon us and be gracious unto us. Father, lift up your countenance upon us and and bring to our lives your peace, your love. Let that love then be demonstrated in, in an extraordinary way. Help us to increase the dosage this week. And thank you, Father, in Jesus' name, amen. God bless you.